Hi, and welcome to Super Anti-Aging Podcast. This is Steve Halpern. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you want to say my subscribe listeners, also welcome. I'm just amazed to see what's happened with podcasts in the last couple of years. It's, it's almost like everybody has a podcast. You know, myself, I did land-based radio for quite a long time, and it was so difficult for a regular person who wasn't a celebrity or you wanted by radio time to get on your own show. And now everybody has their own show, which I think is wonderful. It makes you really happy. The purpose of podcasts is to bring you the latest health and nutrition information that's uh, valuable, hopefully valuable, that can help make a difference in your life and contribute to your health span. For a number of these podcasts, I've basically done these myself, but I spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos, reading medical journals, uh, consulting with many of my integrative doctor friends, and brainstorming, so you get to some of these in the podcast. It's interesting because before... I've always, you know, at least I can remember back even in my teenagehood because I was interested in exercise. And if you're a baby boomer, you remember the advertisements on magazines that showed Charles Atlas, you can get strong, does, uh, don't let someone kick sand in your face. Well, I like those. (laughs) And the bodybuilding magazines and... I wanted to be strong and and fit adolescent, especially since my parents had all sorts of health conditions. So I was reading these magazines, and often they talked about supplements. So I've been interested in supplements a long time. But now there's so much information available on the web. There is an overwhelming number of supplements out there, and I'm sure... The average person must get really confused because you're always inundated with claims for this one and this one and this one. And this is going to make a new, he's going to grow hair. And this is going to, you know, uh, you, you won't have to get a haircut and uh, you'll smell, but you won't smell. It's just endless claims. And uh, so I try and sort through the real science so that, you know, uh, you're not wasting your money. And the other interesting thing is that scientists are seeing an opportunity in the nutrition health field. So many of the scientists who previously worked for nonprofit centers like the Buck Institute or some of these other centers that were doing longevity research are now trying to commercialize on it and going to startup companies or even established companies like Nestle's, and presenting their information and then coming out with supplements. So, in going back to what I said before about the supplements, there's so many supplements that in the past I knew about, but there were so many of them that some of them I've forgotten. And one of the most interesting ones is Pinogenol, or pineback extract. It's a patented product. It's uh, 
Dr. Moyelet, I forget exactly how he pronounced his name, but there are over 3,000 studies on this pine bark, pine bark extract called pinogenol. So I did a search, and sure enough, some really interesting studies, everything from cognitive enhancement to immune function to bone health to even ADD. Is it safe? Is it innocuous? Yeah. And I would definitely, I definitely add it to my regimen. It's called Maritime, make sure it says Maritime, Pinogenol. Pinogenol. Another interesting supplement that I've added based on, now, glycine is interesting. It's an amino acid. It's a precursor, actually. It's a building block for glutathione, glutamine, glycine, and cysteine. Now, <laughs> I actually have a podcast. Mm, let's see. Now. No, I have, it's not a podcast. It's actually a video. It's a YouTube video on glutathione. Since I've been studying glutathione, probably somewhere around 30 years. I had the privilege of meeting some glutathione scientists. Um, and at the time, they weren't getting a lot of a lot of following impress. Now, glutathione is all over. Major antioxidant, cell antioxidant. There was no doubt that there was benefit to glutathione. The problem was always whether you absorb glutathione. And so the question was, well, does glutathione get broken down in the stomach and then you don't absorb it? Most glutathione is made in the liver majority of it. Now, if you have a liver problem, if you have fatty liver because you have uh, uh, you have an alcoholic or you're diabetic or genetic issues, we don't know exactly what causes fatty liver, but it seems to really tie into uh, most likely uh, insulin resistance, high insulin, and certain you know substances like alcohol. Now, if the liver is impaired, you're not going to make a lot of glutathione. Now, some cells can rebuild glutathione, and even some cells might be able to import glutathione intact. So that wasn't the issue. The issue was, would stomach acids break down the glutathione, and then it would never get to the small intestine where you would absorb it? Okay, so... What's the answer? The answer is that glutathione is a three proteins attached together. And in order to break down those proteins, you need enzymes, not hydrochloric acid. So the hydrochloric acid would not break down the glutathione before it got to the small intestine. Depending on the studies, some studies show, yes, there was some major uh, physiological improvement and you raise glutathione orally. Some showed it didn't. Why? Well, I think a lot has to do with the test, how they're testing it. A lot has to do with the glutathione levels of the person initially. If you have sufficient glutathione, you're not going to really see a difference by taking glutathione. So getting back to the subject, the glycine... Uh, there is a recent paper on glycine enhancing mitochondria, muscle functioning, and having some 
biological clock effects where it's turning back some of the biological clocks in individuals because you can measure biological clocks in various parts of the body and <coughs> glycine seemed to have this kind of effect. Now, <coughs> it is true that the scientists that are doing it also have a financial stake, but there's some other studies on glycine. Glycine tastes good. <coughs> I add it to my smoothie, I add it to my drink, and it's not a problem. So glycine's on my list. Now, the, the glutathione, I've decided for the most part to go with liposomal glutathione because I want to get the glutathione into the cells. Now, sometimes I'll also mix both. I'll mix uh, glutathione powder, you know, pill or or uh, a capsule or just a pure powder and liposomal to raise the glutathione levels. Now, something that uh, uh, a lot of people don't realize is now broccoli seed compound, a seed made from broccoli seed, which I've talked about many times in these podcasts, called sulforaphane, can actually enhance glutathione production. So, and there seem to be some some substances that can increase the manufacture of glutathione. And you need vitamin C for the action of glutathione. Um, same thing with sulforaphane. You need vitamin C. So adequate vitamin C is important. And since you can only absorb so much vitamin C at a time, and you can't really get cell saturation without getting you know, bowel dysfunction, I've also added liposomal glute. I'm sorry, liposomal C. I'm getting so mixed up with all the liposomals now. Liposomal is when they combine a compound with something like uh, either good quality lecithin or phosphatidylserine or phosphatidylcholine, and they make it they make it fat soluble, so you can absorb it inside the cell, which is great. So you don't have to um, you don't have to break down the glutathione into its amino acids to get it to the cells. Even though, as I said before, there's some some tissue that can absorb it totally intact. So glycine's on my list. Penogenol, I just mentioned, was on my list. What else is on my list? That Again, I say this over and over again. Your macrobiome is your organ, like your heart, your lungs, pancreas, liver, it's an organ. And that does many, many, many different probiotic communities produce chemicals that can go any place in the body, have an effect on your brain, your heart, your, your, um, your dental health. So, Having a healthy microbiome is the key. And you can't really do it just with probiotics. And it's not that I don't take probiotics. In fact, um, I'll mention I, I, one of my top of my list right now is a probiotic made by, probiotic product made by Natrin. I like Natrin because when I first started nutrition counseling, when I first started nutrition counseling, oh, probably, let's see, well, I don't want to really think about that, but let's see, 
30, 40, 50, 60, 70, oh, probably 50 years ago. Natron was around. And, of course, they weren't getting a lot of interest in, in the macrobiome and probiotics at the time. But they make a good product. It's always refrigerated. And they make uh, a comment. They make three different products. They make a combination product that has um, three major ones. And they make a basic ones, acidophilus ones. And they make a, an intermediate one. Take a look. It's a good product. I, I like it. And again, it's because of the feedback I get from people. Now, this was an interesting change the subject a little bit back to COVID. Everyone's talking about COVID. And there's something called lactoferrin. It's a milk-based product. You can look it up. Lots of companies have it. Uh, it's a nutrient, basically. And a doctor, scientist, actually patented for COVID. Okay. Now, his was... Again, cell cultures, so you really can't make the translation. But lactoferrin is an interesting immune compound. Totally, totally safe. Uh, uh, certain products might have some lactose in it, so maybe if you're lactose-sensitive, you might have to be careful. But lactoferrin is definitely on the top of my list for immune support. Moving on, I love mushrooms. All sorts of mushrooms. Of course, I'm a baby boomer, and <laughs> my friends were using lots and lots of mushrooms. This is a side little joke. I, I never really, being a nutrition person, I was really interested in the health mushrooms. But mushrooms such as mataki and gynoderma and uh, reishi, lots and lots of health mushrooms. I try and get a mushroom powder. And mix it into my smoothie. Mushrooms have really interesting immune effects. Beta glucan, you know, can stimulate T cells. Very few people are, you know, sensitive to mushrooms. And so definitely this is something that I can add. And I think it probably helps support a healthy microbiome. Now, getting back to what I was saying before. You can take, when I was mentioning natrin, you can take tons and tons of probiotics, but if you don't, take the fiber. Now, I know there's a controversy now whether I should eat meat, I should be a meat eater, totally meat eater, I should be a vegetarian, or I should be a mix. I've asked some of my real, and, and based on my experience also, and I've asked a lot of my really smart doctor friends, scientist friends, and the opinion is, it depends on the person. And you don't want to go through extremes. Here's an example. Maybe this person has a, you know, a certain probiotic environment that favors meat. They're going to do well on meat. Maybe the other person, for whatever reason, has a vegetarian-based microbiome. They're going to do better on a vegetarian diet. If you're eating a certain, if you're going on a total meat diet, excluding all the great science that talks about uh, the benefits of flavonoids and polyphenols and 
fibers and all these chemicals that uh, beneficial chemicals as are in plants and and berries you're going to miss the boat now I did see an interesting how people can play with scientific facts there's a speaker talking about supporting the meat diet okay and talking how bad plant-based is and I wait a second and the argument was, well, all plants have compounds to protect themselves from insects. Okay. Yeah. So what? That's exactly why broccoli seed works. Because the sulforaphane is supposed to keep away insects. It doesn't mean it's going to poison us. In fact, it actually has a stimulation effect. These compounds have a stimulation effect on our system. They upregulate all the good things. So you got to watch out for and follow the history of nutrition science or nutrition promotion. There's always, every couple of years, there's a new diet program. As I said before in many podcasts now, it's gluten. Well, maybe you'll do better on a gluten-free, maybe is it placebo? I don't know. It's hard to hard to say. If you're someone who has um, a celiac disease, you have a gluten enteropathy disease, of course you don't want to eat gluten. But to the point where they've commercialized it now, everything's, you know, you go and you're going to pay more because it's gluten-free. Well, maybe you don't need gluten-free. How do you know you need gluten-free? Well, I heard about it, and all the celebrities now are going on gluten-free diets, uh, like, you know, they're doing paleo and they're doing this one. No. It's all about biochemical individuality or functional medicine and functional nutrition. How does it make you feel? How do you look? When you do this, this and this, do you break out? Oh, that's not a good thing. Does your skin go? Does your skin get better? Mm. Do you wake up clearer in the morning? Is your vision clearer? Is your hearing better? You know, do you have more energy? Are you able to wean off with your practitioner some of your medications? Functional nutrition, not dogma nutrition, and that's really the key. Learning all about that machine which is your body and learning if you haven't done it by now and lots of my listeners have learning to listen listen to your body so we come to the end of this podcast if you have any questions feel free to email me at stevennutrition at gmail.com I'll be glad to answer your questions or put some comments here and uh I thank you again for listening, and uh, if you enjoyed it, please subscribe. Please send it to your social media contacts. I have about, I think the last I looked, I have about 100, I don't know, 160 podcasts that you can go back and look, and you know, all sorts of subjects that I delve into, and I think there's a lot of good information there, and people tell me there's a lot of good information. So again, thank you so much for listening. This is Steve Halpern.